That's my personal play day day, right? Mm-hmm. If she has personal things, she wants to do like massage, things like that. There's a certain day for that. Mm-hmm. And this has given us a lot of freedom. It sounds like a lot of restrictions, but it's a mm-hmm. lot of like, there's freedom in the boundaries that you set up. Mm-hmm. And then I've even done this too, where I have certain days where it's like Wednesdays are more deep work days, Fridays are more personal days, Thursdays, mm-hmm. meetings all day. You know, Tuesdays content creation, Mondays is admin stuff. So mm-hmm. we've really identified what that dream week looks like for both of us. And then basically just scheduling the work around that. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy. But the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make but you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. Welcome back to the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Today, we're journeying into the world of time freedom, legacy wealth, and power of abundance with our special guest, Stephen and Chelsea Diaz. They are visionaries who have pivoted from a service-based business in the wedding industry to creating transformational experiences for moms around the world. What they have built is truly incredible. Through Rainmakers, they've empowered thousands of mothers to become financial linchpins for their families, leveraging e-commerce and digital products. So in this interview, we are going to cover everything from the power of implementing a family meeting to learning out, learning about how we can go from calling out our kids to calling them up. And also we're going to cover intentionally parenting beyond all of the should-haves, could-haves, would-haves that the world oftentimes tries to shove down our throats. So Stephen and Chelsea are all about valuing time over money and ensuring families not just survive, but actually thrive. And today we're diving deep into their journey, their vision, and their mission to leave a thriving family legacy. So if you're ready to gain some powerful parenting golden nuggets that you can implement now while being inspired by Stephen and Chelsea's journey, put in your earbuds, pick a speed and settle in. Here we go. Okay, welcome back to the Powerful Parenting Journey. And I am here today with Stephen and Chelsea Diaz, who I cannot tell you guys how excited I am to have them on the podcast. These two actually epitomize something that I just look up to so much because the whole goal for them is for themselves to create income and really truly create legacy wealth for their family while their kids are having a nap and they help other people do exactly the same thing. And what I have seen over the years of being in masterminds with them is just that they live it. And also too, they carry with them a joy that is just a delight to be around. And they're just so inspiring, both as just humans and as entrepreneurs. And so I am so excited to welcome them onto the podcast. So welcome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah. We are so excited to be here. I'm excited to dive into this conversation with you um, because I feel like you have so much wisdom in this area and the people that you are interviewing and sharing with, like, I feel like parents more than ever need this messaging and need what you carry and have authority in. And so we're so honored, but um, I'm so excited to share this message, like what you're sharing with other people with friends and family and plug them into your show because it it is so needed. Yeah, we face some crazy times, right? So really quickly, before we dive into the meat of everything, would you mind just telling everybody a a little snapshot of kind of what you do at the Rainmaker family? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we help motivated moms uh, create thriving family legacy for themselves. So we do this by unlocking time freedom. That means that you have all the time you want to do all the things in your heart and financial abundance. Uh, the main vehicle we're doing that with is launching brands. So e-commerce brands. Um, we really believe like uh, entrepreneurship in general. I mean, choose any vehicle you want mm-hmm. of entrepreneurship. It is truly a transformative journey, especially when you do it with your spouse and do it together. It's like the ultimate marriage counseling. It's the <laughs> ultimate like personal development thing. And so that's what we do. We help moms launch brands, physical product brands online. Um, we use Amazon a lot as like our channel to like drive, uh, you know, traffic and all those things. But ultimately, it's about those deeper things, you know, because mm-hmm. at the end of your life, you're not like, oh, so glad I sold 10,000 units on Amazon. You're like... <laughs> I'm so glad like who I became in the process and who my kids saw me become and how it affected my marriage for the, for the positive. And, and that's really what we do and why we love doing what we do. 
Oh, I love it. And and if you had to estimate, like how many moms do you think have been through your programs and like gotten to make money while their kids were sleeping? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we started to track these stats like pretty early on because we love these awards. You see them on our wall and on oh, Stephanie's yeah. walls. They're very motivating for me. I don't know. It's like a Enneagram three. I'm like, I gotta get the awards. Right. And so we have awards in our community. Um, right now we have a mom crossing the hundred dollar a day mark. So making her first hundred dollar day, um, on Amazon specifically every, I think it's 1.4 days in our community. So it's super cool. Like every basically day and a half, we have another mom hitting that milestone every 14 days, six figures is, is wow. kind of our average right now. Uh, but yeah, we've taken like 30,000 plus mm-hmm. through our programs, um, uh, from, from our smaller challenge, uh, to our mastermind, kind of everything in between. Uh, but it's a blast. It's a blast. <laughs> That's incredible. It's so incredible because you're helping other people leave a legacy while you yourself are leaving a legacy and a mark on the world. I think that is so incredibly cool. So whenever we talk about starting a business, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, here's how to make money. But I love that you guys have a focus on getting time freedom. And a lot of times that means, you know, helping the mom have time freedom to spend time with their kids. Can you talk to me about why has that been a priority? I mean, it seems like it's kind of common sense, like, duh, you want to spend time with your kids. But why did that become a major focus in, in everything that you do? Yeah. Steven and I, before we started Rainmakers, we were actually in the wedding industry. We were wedding photographers and videographers. And how we landed, like starting our own Amazon journey was through just our own desire to start a family. And we were super young in our early 20s, never ran a business together, didn't really know what we were doing. But we had enough like intuition to know that um, in the wedding industry, you, you're gone all the time. We were traveling, uh, we were working really long hours and yeah, we were home during the week, but we kind of went through this season where our friends stopped calling us and they stopped calling us. Family thought was we weren't really around. And honestly, we were to a point of really near burnout. And it was through that season that we discovered Amazon and I'll never forget we were at a wedding, like stuffing our faces with like meat and potatoes as you do as a wedding professional, hoping that nobody, no guest is like watching you. And we checked like our Amazon account and we were making more money on that, like in our Amazon business that we did at the wedding. And I remember like, I think women, especially like we find our, we want security. We desire security to feel safe by our spouse, by the income that's coming in. And I, for the first time in my entrepreneurship journey, felt like the weight lift off of me and like, And that was the first time moment that I felt like having a family, having kids was felt like a a true possibility that I wouldn't have to go back into the grind of, of working and hustling. And as soon as I experienced that breakthrough, um, I wanted everybody to experience it. And it wasn't until like a couple of years later that we got pregnant and had our first son Kaizen, who's now almost four years old. But I've just realized that I like spending time with your kids. Like I remember someone saying you like, you will never regret the amount of time that you get to spend with your kids. And I think leading up to becoming a mom, like I was wanting to create this lifestyle, this life that we could step away from the business if we needed to. And I realized that that's not every mom's reality. Like usually it's like they'll start the business after their kids are gone or or different phases and i just knew that becoming a mom like you just you want to be with your kids you want to have the choice the option to work when you want to work or send your kids to daycare preschool if that's what's on your heart like and i want i want to create that option for moms if they desire to do that and um you know people say like time is precious like it's going by so fast and those are all like cliche things that you hear, but it really is true. Like Oliver, our youngest is a year and a half. And I'm like, how are you walking already? You were this like tiny little baby. Like I remember nursing you in the middle of the night, you know, and as he grows and grows, like as much as like all the money in the world and all those things and big aspirations and goals, like more than anything, like people come to the end of their life or a pivotal moment and they look back and they say like, I wish I had more time. I wish I could go back 
in that moment and and act this way or do these things. And it's like, what if we could create that for moms? And so I think time is huge. That's what fires me up every single day um, is that time is really important. It's our highest currency. Oh, golly. I love that so much. And you guys have two kids right now. You've mm-hmm. got Kaizen and Oliver who are three in one. So you're, you're, you're early in the parenting game, which is so much fun. And I was just saying before we started chatting, um, that man, I just feel like for all of you who are listening that you do have kids that are younger, I feel like you're in such a great boat because for one, you're listening to this podcast. That means, you know, something is up, right. And you, you're intentional. You want to be intentional. And I think that, you know, there was a time period, you know, for people who maybe their kids are like maybe nine, 10, 11, there was this phase of like this onslaught of screens in a different way that just kind of hit like a tidal wave almost. And, and the great thing about having kids that are younger is you can kind of see it head on and you can formulate a game plan and, and be ready. And I love your intentionality that, you know, you see what's important and you're creating the life that you want in order to create that. And then you're helping other people to do it, which I think is just phenomenal. You mentioned that you guys have a certain way that you carry out your week and how you handle time. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I think like um, this actually came out of, was this the first maternity paternity leave or was this the second? It was the second. Yeah, okay. I was I was going to be ending my maternity leave with Oliver, our second. And I just knew like I wanted to be really intentional about where I was spending my time and what tasks in the business really made sense for me. And as I was preparing for that, I was just like, I need to get more organized, basically. (laughs) And so Stephen and I have made a priority. We call them our Sunday family meeting. And we know people that do these on different days of the week, whether it's a Friday leading into the weekend, you can kind of do it whenever you want. And we have what we call like a family meeting. And right now it's just Steven and I, but we have intentions of adding in our boys when they get like a little bit older. I mean, I guess we could do it now, but um, (laughs) Maybe. maybe we do it during their nap time. So, and we literally look at our calendar 10 days out. And we kind of go through a structure and maybe in a second, Stephen can kind of explain that for people. But this one meeting that we started implementing when I came out of my maternity leave has given me like so much peace throughout the week because as someone who likes to be organized, even if you don't like being organized, like parents, you're just spinning a lot of different plates between pickup and drop off and running the business and knowing kids' schedules and where to be. And I felt like before we implemented this, like I was coming to Steven like almost every single night after the boys went to bed and I'd be like, all right, Steven, like we need to do this, this, and this, and this. And then it'd be like, you know, almost 10 o'clock and it's like, shoot, like I'm fried. I'm not making any good decisions. I'm super tired. And I need to go to bed and it probably ended up with us like being overwhelmed and fighting, to be totally honest. And I was just doing that night after night. And it was just like, it kind of came to a breaking point where it was just like, this has to change. Like Steven and I don't need to be talking about every single little detail. Like we need to schedule this into one place so that all of those details get taken care of. And then the rest of the nights during the week, like if something does come up, of course we can talk about it, but it allows us to have like our together time that can be intentional mm-hmm. or like separate time or doing my nighttime routine or, or whatever it is. So we do this one meeting and it's been a game changer. So why don't you explain? I love how Steven explains the structure of it. Yeah. I mean, well, so during that maternity leave, fraternity, we took two months off of our business, which is which is really sweet that we were able to create systems and create a business that could run without us and keep mm-hmm. growing all those things. But in that, there was a lot of clarity. So I think that's the first step is like stepping back, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're listening to this, you might need to like take a little weekend chair. You might need mm-hmm. to take a day, you know, to really just step back. And the first thing we did is we looked at, I mean, first to start with Chelsea, because like, honestly, she was, yes. I would say a little more overwhelmed in that season. And so it was kind of like started with her. And then like, after she was doing it for a while, I was like, oh, that looks nice. I should do that with myself. <laughs> and then we did it with myself. So we started with her and I, we kind of just went like, um, what's your dream week look like? Like, mm-hmm. what does a dream week look like for you? Like, what needs to be in the week that like, you're going to get to the end of the week and be like, that was an awesome week, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, we've had good weeks and we've had not good weeks in this last season. So like, what was the good weeks and what was in them? What was in the 
not good weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that helped us identify like a couple key things where it's like, I want to work out three times a week. Like I want to have a one-on-one solo time with you, Steven, this week. Like I want to do a friend date, you know, with the boys. Right. And so we like, just, we, we identified all the things. Right. And then we scheduled those in on certain days, um, before working in the business. Like we just like put in like, okay, this is this type of day. This is that type of day. And I think the other thing we've we've learned on the other side of this is we've actually done more research on this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this thing called switching cost. And a lot of moms and dads, honestly, we, we have this thing that um, we get to the end of the day and we're totally frazzled. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we actually did a lot. It's because we switched a lot. Because I've done research on this, that when you switch between like one mode of thinking and task to another mode, like... I'm being dad. I'm disciplining my kid. I'm trying to avoid screen time. And then you're like, I'm doing the tax strategy. And then you're like, I'm doing creative TikTok videos. It's like all these different like brains and hats you're putting on that switching. There's a cost to it. And actually like you may be in another meeting thinking about something completely different, but your brain is still taking 15 to 45 minutes to transition to that thing. And so when you have a lot of switching, you end up feeling just exhausted at the end of the day. That's when you just like, don't talk to me, no decisions you know, prone to fighting, prone to conflict, <laughs> not being your best self. And so um, Benjamin Hardy even talks about this in his his latest book, um, talking about how they theme days, like actors theme days, where it's like yeah. prep days, performance days, recovery days. Mm-hmm. And so we just really just did that with Chelsea's calendar where it was like business day, 100% CEO, let's get childcare, let's have you be like 100% CEO this day. You know, Tuesdays, well, this is a Tuesday recording this, content day. So we're just mm-hmm. doing this all day. Content, talking, podcasts, TikTok videos, all that stuff all day long. We're in this brain set. And then um, we have like, you know, personal days. So that way when she's having stuff scheduled and like, hey, can we do this play day? It's like, yeah, let's do it on this day. That's my that's my personal play date day, right? Mm-hmm. She has personal things. She wants to do like massage, things like that. There's a certain day for that. Mm-hmm. And this has given us a lot of freedom. It sounds like a lot of restrictions, but it's a mm-hmm. lot of like, there's freedom in the boundaries that you set up. Mm-hmm. And then I've even done this too, where I have certain days where it's like Wednesdays are more deep work days, Fridays are more personal days, Thursdays, mm-hmm. meetings all day, you know, Tuesdays, content creation, Mondays is admin stuff. So mm-hmm. we've really identified what that dream week looks like for both of us. And then basically just scheduling the work around that. Mm-hmm. And that has given us a lot of freedom, a lot of time freedom, um, because we are, it's kind of like time is like money. Like if you don't tell it what to do, it'll just like, just go away. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we got to like, kind of put some boundaries around it. And that's going to just, yeah, crazy mm-hmm. freedom. And from a mom perspective, like I know on, you know, the days that I'm really working the business where I say I put on my CEO hat, I don't have the mom guilt that I think a lot of moms feel too, when they're switching back and forth or spending too much time in the business, not enough time with their kids or too much time with their kids. And they're burnt out in that department. And they need to like have a higher level conversation, you know, um, that has allowed me to not feel that weight or um, the overwhelm that I think, I mean, and it's not perfect, but like that has given me, I feel like a level up as far as not experiencing those emotions that can be very prone to a lot of moms who are, who are juggling a lot, like theming my days and knowing like I'm in the office the majority of today and I love my boys, but like when 345 rolls around and it's time for me to transition to mom, like I know that I've given my business my all in. And then when I go downstairs, cause our office is up stairs right now when I go downstairs I'm having that transition and like I can fully embrace being with the boys because I've been away from them and I'm ready to go. So I I don't have any desire to be on my phone if I do things correctly. And if I have like my end of the day routine too, like I am, I am all in. I'm not like checking my phone or checking Slack. I am 100% with them. And then of course, like later in the week, I might schedule like a fun little play date or whatever. But that's given me so much peace being like, these are my days that I'm going all in. I'm not getting distracted. I'm choosing to show up in the business. And then like, it's party time when I'm done to hang out with the boys. So I think that from like just emotional mental state as a mom, like that has been incredible to experience. I'm going to tap into that a little bit because you you said the mom guilt, right? And I know there's dad guilt too. You know, we yeah. we all experience guilt in a lot of different formats. And I think it has to do with our, you know, kind of programming of from how we were raised and what we see in culture and what we think we're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. so what I hear a lot of what you're saying is, you know, you're, you're coming out and you're 
all these, I shoulda, I shoulda, I coulda, you're structuring Mm -hmm. it to where your should'ves are getting taken care of. And then you're able to step away and, and kind of look at your day and then come back in fully present with your kids. And so when, you know, when you're talking to all of these incredible people that you're helping to build these family legacies, and maybe they, they aren't quite to a place where they are able to create what you're creating right now. And they're, you know, kind of feeling that mom guilt. And, and maybe you've, you've felt that before. I know you guys, you know, started having kids right around the time, I believe if I've got this correct, that your business really took off. So, you know, you, whether you're in the position that you're in right now or not, I think mom guilt, dad guilt, it comes at us. So how do you, how do you talk to your people? Cause I'm sure it comes up, correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure it comes up. Like, how do you talk to your, your people about that and and what to do with that feeling? So even if sometimes you're maybe kind of stuck in a place where you don't have the liberty to fully create what you want, but you have, you know, some, some ability to maneuver. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got a message this week being like, I just, she's a young mom and it's like, I, it just feels like there's like not enough time in the day to like get everything that I need to get done. And yeah, I totally feel that way. I think still having um a weekly meeting, like what Steven and I call that family meeting and looking at your calendar 10 days out and making sure there's things scheduled in in advance, like on your calendar, say like you're new to starting your business, you could still block out time in your calendar already when you know that you're going to do that. And I know that it, say if you aren't in a place to have childcare or you're fully with your kids, like you know, you can plan it as much as you can with nap time or whatever that space is, whether your kids are having quiet time. And of course, if things get interrupted, then you do have to shift and you do have to mold, you know, and I, and I totally hear that. But I think having that 10 day, like looking at your calendar, scheduling it in, in advance will be so helpful because you could put yeah. your kids down for a nap and then realize, oh shoot, like what was I supposed to do today? Oh, well, let me just jump into my email. Let me just jump on social media. And before you know it, like there, you've spent a half an hour, 20 minutes and I'm raising my hand. I've, I've done this to, like multiple yeah. times, you know, like where I just start and I, cause I didn't come in with a plan. Yeah. And so I think if you can plan plan out when you're going to work or if your kids are a little bit older at school, you can still theme your days, even if you're starting out. Like it's a day of the day, like in our world, it would be like product research day. And then the next day, if you're building a brand, is it creating content, um, you know, doing your lives? Like what I think you can still batch things because I think that will serve you just like the, like Steven said, the switching cost. So by the end of the day, regardless if you've been with your kids and been at work, you can still have that like mental peace and that Mm -hmm. working from a place of rest that I think you can experience regardless of what level you're on in the business. And I do think that when people start out to in early entrepreneurship, really look at your, like, again, looking at the 10 day out and just saying like, is there something that I need to cut that just isn't making, like, isn't making sense for me or relationships that aren't working out or just something that I need to say no to for forever or for a season so that I can go and build this business. And sometimes it is often like a sacrifice of saying no to this so that I can say yes to this other thing over here that needs to put, that I need to pay more attention to. So I would still say scheduling and having themed days um, as much as you can. I love that. And you're so right. And one of the things that's popping up in my head is, of course, I'm just seeing this Venn diagram and you have marriage in one circle, you have kids in one circle, and then you've got the entrepreneurial journey in the other. And where mm-hmm. those all kind of intersect is like the, like we were talking about earlier, the ultimate in personal development, the ultimate in growth for us as human beings. And what I hear you touching on is a theme that I feel like is so important for us as parents to get and continuously work on, which is uh, instead of reacting, choosing how we're going to respond, right? Mm-hmm. And that that comes from whenever our kids are doing something that we we wish they weren't doing. Uh, it mm-hmm. comes to um, how our day, how we allow our day to happen. Either our, ha- our day either happens to us or we happen to the day, right? And mm-hmm. ultimately, the goal is that even if things kind of shift and something happens, like we're still choosing how we're going to respond versus just instantaneously reacting. And, um, and that's growth, right? Like 
that is not easy. Like it's so much easier to kind of act as a child, which what does a child do? Something happens, they react, right? Um, But instead, as we grow and we mature, there's this parenting muscle that we've got to grow of choosing how we're going to respond and what that's everything you guys are talking about, which I love because I'm over here you know, ADHD entrepreneur, you know, I I struggle with consistency in my life. And I've overcome that through understanding myself and hiring team and, and all of that. But one of the things that I think has been so powerful for me, and for my kids too, is, is just what you're saying is, is learning how to look at the situation in a different way and saying, Hey, I'm not going to, you know, I, I do have 10 or 15 minutes. I'm not just going to live in my kind of, I, I think Russell calls it like a monkey mind where mm. it's like, you're just kind of just going. Um, but instead I'm going to, I'm going to have the Eagle's eye view and I'm going to picture myself right now. What am I actually doing? What am I actually thinking? Right. Mm-hmm. And then taking and grabbing a hold of that and being able to actually put yourself in a position to be set up for a guilt-free evening, you know, because it's like, no, I did what I meant to do. I did what I chose to do and taking ownership of that as super powerful as a parent, right? Super powerful yeah. in business and in our marriage. And oh my gosh, if we can respond versus reacting in marriage, how beautiful is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so I, I, I love that y'all are saying that, you, that that's kind of brought you freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom from guilt, freedom from feeling like you didn't leave it out all out on the table, right? Mm-hmm. So with everything you've got going on, so that's so incredible. I hope everybody was listening and that you're thinking about like, if you don't already do a family meeting, like how could you do a family meeting? Even if you're a single mama and you're, mm-hmm. you know, set that time apart for yourself and really dive in and look, you know, at the next 10 days and say, you know, what am I going to choose to do with my time the best that I I can with my given circumstances, right? And, and just kind of reclaim some of that power for yourself. Um mm-hmm. But with what you guys have going on amongst all of that, um, I know um, you mentioned that so far screens and technology hasn't been like the, the, a huge presser yet um, in your in your home because your kids are, are relatively young. So talk to me about some of the things that you're thinking around screens. Like I, I'm no. imagining they don't just get an iPad to walk around the house with all day. So what are you doing right now with them? Yeah, this is great. Uh, we need an audit, I think, Stephanie, of our situation. Because yeah. I think it's kind of like one of those things that like... Give us feedback. If very much like time. If we don't create boundaries around it and healthy, we're not powerful around it, then mm-hmm. it's just going to sneak in and grow and grow and grow. So I feel like anything to do with screen times, I am to blame for. Let's just put that <laughs> out there. Because uh, it's kind of like you just do something and then it becomes a thing, you know? And yeah, so totally. we don't do, have any screens or iPads or anything like that. Even when traveling, we just never gave our kids screens. Yeah. Um, unless it was like, like I think lately we've been on some longer flights like to Europe or across, across the country. And uh, if they have a screen there, then it's just kind of like it's on the seat, you know, Um, but we try to bring toys, things like that. But screen time in the home, really, mostly we try to limit it to Saturday mornings. And so that kind of gave us like this is, again, a Stephen idea that kind of was because Stephen was waking up very early with the kids Saturday morning. And I was kind of like, well, I was super pregnant with Oliver and not not even super pregnant. I was in my pregnancy with Oliver. So I I appreciate he was trying to love and serve me, but I was very sick. And Kaizen was waking up. Yeah. So So I'd wake up with Kai and it'd be like, hey, buddy, like, you know, like it just kind of became a thing that and then. We limited it to Saturday, which is nice because during the week, if he like wanted to watch it, whatever, he likes to watch like very interesting niches on YouTube, <laughs> like trees falling down and icebergs <laughs> falling into water. And like, he's like really into like lumberjack videos and just like these like so really cool. niche things, um, which is hilarious. But I like it was just kind of one of those things that like if he asked about it during the week, we can go, oh, we'll add that to your Saturday list. And then he just kind of like it just like kind of pushes it off a little Ooh, bit. Love it. But then Saturday, he's really into it. And it's kind of like so it, and it started well, started going well. But um, lately, he's been pretty reactive when we turn it off, even if we're like, hey, bud, you know, 10 more minutes, set a timer, put it in front of him. You know, even if I coach him ahead of time, hey, man, if like we're going to do this, we can't just like derail our whole day. And so lately, I would say we call the fruit like, you know, check the fruit, check the results of the thing. Yeah. The fruit, even of just like 30 minutes on a Saturday morning has not been great. 
but now he's kind of like, it's become a tradition. So we're like, ah, I don't know, you know? And so um, we're tempted to just go cold turkey on it. But I also yeah. feel like there's this balance of like, mm. a, uh, we had this conversation with a, with a mentor about Halloween and just like candy, like just having candy in the house and like having food in the house. Because I feel like as a kid, like um, I feel like because I've had more restrictions around food in my life, sometimes I just want to like splurge on the food. And now I have like kind of unhealthy, like if there's food, I have to have it. Like, oh, free yeah. donuts, they're free. Oh my gosh. Like you just see that. If like, mm-hmm. like we even had, we used to do youth group. We had these kids had like super strict food. Like their parents would never let them have anything. But oh. if the youth group had like, like it was just like unhealthy hoarding of like the snacks because mm-hmm. they'd never had it. And so we don't want to create that either, you know, yeah, of like, totally. oh, you can never watch screens. And then he just like, as soon as he has the freedom in college, he just like mm-hmm. is in, is in the basement on the screen nonstop. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? So mm-hmm. well, again, they're three years old. We don't need to think that far out, but we are thinking through like, how do we have really healthy boundaries around this? And like, how can we make it fun for him, educational for him? Something that is awesome, but it's not his whole life. You know, it's not something yeah. he's asking for about every day. Hey, powerful parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar, and my kids decorated it, and that's where we put all of our questions, and that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. Totally. Oh my gosh. So first off, I just want to say bravo because you're, you're, the, your, your languaging was, I was going to be like, oh, okay, what's going on? But you're like uh, only on Saturdays. And so um, I just want to hats off to you guys. Cause I, I do know some families that for them where they are right now, it, it, it does look like three to four hours a day for their three mm-hmm. and four year old, which, you know, I, I would not recommend 100% do not recommend. Um, but that's kind of where that family is. And so I just want to say hats off to you that you're being so intentional about it. Like that's incredible. Um, and truly exceptional, which I would say I should expect that from you guys. Cause you are exceptional human beings, but at the same time, you know, we all earn that, you know, you earn the right to make those decisions and those choices and have that maturity. Right. Mm-hmm. But so on uh, the Saturday morning thing, the the reality is, is that most likely, and, and again, for anybody listening and for you guys, my kids are 10, 15, almost 18 and 21. And so in my experience in, in parenting and homeschooling for over a decade, the reality is, is whatever you set up right now may not even work for your family in a month from now or yeah. six months from now. And so what you might be finding right now is that maybe at this age, it's not actually a good fit for even to have Saturday mornings, but that doesn't mean in six months, you don't circle back around to it because mm-hmm. the priority here is connection. The priority here is, um, having the family life that you actually want and not allowing devices or screens to inhibit that family life that you actually want. Um, A lot of times I see families and they feel like they're forced to compromise on what their family Mm -hmm. day in and day out looks like because, oh, well, my kid games from this time to this time and he meets with his friends. So I have to make sure we don't have dinner because he'll need 20 minutes to get off before blah, 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 or so-and-so has shows or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, or, or my daughter, she wants to get, get away from dinner quickly so she can go socialize on social media with her friends. Right. Like, I feel like those things right there are not, 
or where the buck has to stop for us as people who have families, because the family's the priority. Um, mm. Yes, it's important for our kids to have peers and and they are living in a day and age where they connect through that. But if we look big picture at the human existence and what humans need to thrive, it is truly that connection in our home. And that's why I know it's common sense that that should always take priority, but oftentimes it gets muddled because of pressure from other, other, um, maybe a different family does it another way or pressure from our kids or even pressure from ideals we have around what our family has to look like. And so, you know, maybe it's that Saturday needs to, to be pitched out for a couple of months or something just to kind of do a reset. And then you restructure and reframe what maybe Saturday looks like. Um, if it's not, you know, the fruit isn't there, but, but what you're talking about though, is so cool that you have it so young. I love it so much with your kids being so young because because it's reality is that our kids are living in a digital world. Mm-hmm. And um, most likely if you are a digital parent and you utilize screens and you have a cell phone and you're on your phone and things like that, uh, it, it's difficult to separate and say, hey, look, mommy and daddy can be on phones, but uh, you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a struggle. And, and some families will choose that. They'll say, you know, we're not a technology family. Um, and that's not where I fall. I We are, I am a technology geek. I love computers. I love the internet. I I love all of these things. And my kids conversely are also lovers of technology and super whizzes on, on devices and things like that. So our choice for our family was that we were going to learn how to teach our children to have their own ideals and opinions around screens, right? So from a young age, being able to communicate around, how do we want to spend our time as a family? Where, mm-hmm. where do our values lie? And, um, do we want to stand like for me, I'm a believer, right? Do I want to stand before the Lord? Let's just let and, and your kids are a little young for this one, but save it because it it's awesome. <laughs> so like, yeah. uh, if we were to spend two hours, three or four days a week on devices, add that up for a full lifetime. And let's say we live to be 85 years old or whatever it might be. How many years of time will that have been spent playing a video game or or being on social media and just talking about being a good steward of our time here on earth. And what does that Mm -hmm. want to look like? And we also have to balance it. Like, of course, we're entertaining ourselves. There is time that we will watch TV or Netflix, or maybe it could be the equivalent of, of doing something else, you know, that doesn't even have anything to do with screens, but having our children look at all the aspects of what screens bring into our life, both positive and negative. And even from a young age, talking about the value of our time man, your time is so valuable, Kaizen, right? Like, I just want to make sure that we're thinking about how you're deciding to use your time. And again, 30 minutes on Saturday and he's three, it's probably not quite there yet, but but from a young age, starting to have that conversation and you modeling it is the most important thing um, and having conversations around, man, I just was on the phone for quite a bit of time right now. I want to make sure I put that up so I can put my, I spend my time wisely, you know, uh, because if we can raise them at a young age and all throughout and having that as a part of their thought process, because think about it, we're doing it and all these different categories of our parenting finances, right? Oh, we got to put a little money over for savings. We train them how to think about finance. We we train them to think about, oh, we don't want to eat too much candy. Candy is not necessarily good for us because of sugar, but yet now we have this kind of new battlefront of screens. Right. And so it's like, how do we start having these conversations consistently with our children around that? So that just as much as, I don't know, y'all are probably too young for this, but you know, the dare, I don't know if y'all were in school whenever they had like this dare situation happening in all public schools. And, you know, we were indoctrinated, like fully indoctrinated, just say no to drugs. You know, like I had police officers coming into our schools and telling us about these things. And, and there's wisdom in that. And like, I'm, you know, 40 plus year old right now. And like, I could probably tell you a lot about the DARE program and what I experienced. And that's because there's wisdom and repetition and, Mm -hmm. and, and there's different levels of how you communicate, obviously, as your kids get older and, and all of that. But the idea is how do we teach our children about health, screen health, Mm -hmm. financial health, you know, health in social situations with your peers. And so it's just another bucket that we now have as parents. And um, I know that can be really difficult. And I actually do have a friend who, um, straight up, just like you said, Stephen, he, he, um, his parents, no games 
no games. Uh, matter of fact, he got in trouble because they came over to our house one time and um, we were all playing games. At, we were playing with our kids and they joined us with that game, but they weren't supposed to. So they got grounded and got really big trouble. And unfortunately, this this individual went off to college and straight up failed out of college because he was playing MMORPG, which is super fun, by the way, um, yeah. and, and not what everybody thinks. But anyway, uh, went off, started playing the game and just completely failed out of college because he would stay up literally all night long raiding yeah. and doing all these things and just couldn't seem to get the priority right. And we don't want to set our children up for that, right? Um, I think like what I'm kind of, I'm having this revelation as you're talking, I think mm. the next step it, it, it's, it's about steps, right? So there's not gonna be one rule that works from three to 30, you know? Right. But Unfortunately, I know. <laughs> I, I think it's just bringing awareness to Kaizen's mood and how sometimes the TV can affect his mood, you know, like where it's like, he wakes up super happy 30 minutes. Sometimes, like I said, it, go, it can go longer than that too. Yeah. Um, but then it's like the longer it goes on, the more, it kind of affects his mood and how long it affects it. So I think just bringing awareness to that. And then lately I've been like, this is for me, I'm trying to like be more active. I think like having something to transition from the TV to that's more exciting yes. is really good for the three-year-old. Like I'm like, so last week, I don't know, two weeks ago, maybe now I've been trying to just like run. So like, I'm like, I want to take Kai on a run. So I was like, guys, okay, we're gonna watch your little shows, you know, get your list here. Trees falling down, you know, all the things, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then afterwards, you know, I'm going to put you in the stroller. I'm going to push you as fast as I can, you know? And so oh, I make it sound great. really exciting about the thing we're going to go do. And that, I think, helps him transition. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, really communicating, hey, bud, we got five minutes left. And then we're going to go as fast as we can in the stroller. Okay, we got three minutes left. And I just, like, keep hitting the repetition of, mm -hmm. like, the transition and how exciting it's going to be. So then he's like excited. Do you want to hit the button or you want me to hit the button to turn the TV off? You know, and he's excited to do it and kind of be a part of that process. But it's hard, you know, like it's really easy to just be like, oh, he's watching the show. Like I get my time to like chill, you know, but we still got to be active in it and uh, communicating. And, you know, it, it's hard, you know, sometimes when you're tired just to like not unplug. So I totally get that, you know, if we can't uh, have authority over it ourselves, and we just want to sit there and scroll, which I, you know, there's been nights that, that are, are mornings that that is totally me. Totally. If I can't have authority, I can't have him carry the authority mm -hmm. either. Yeah. yeah. And Stephanie, you reminded me of this. Like we recently put Kaizen, our oldest, in like a two-day week little farm school Montessori preschool. And Ooh. I was really like... Honestly, leading up to it, I heard all these good things. We had a lot of friends that yeah. recommended this school and, you know, had like a great conversation with the lady who runs it. And, but I was still feeling, I think it's the entrepreneur in me that has that rebellious side of like, I don't want somebody else to tell me what to do with my kid. And just because other friends are doing preschool or TK or whatever, doesn't mean we're going to like, we're already the different, like we were, Steve and I already like flag in the ground, like we're going to do things <laughs> differently, you know? Yes. But I gave myself permission and I had to have a serious conversation. I'm like, Steven, like, I'm a little nervous about this thing. Like, what if it doesn't go great? And we just said, then, then we just take him out and we just, as parents can decide what's best for him, what's best for us and our family dynamic. And so yeah. I love what you kind of, you touched upon this too, Stephanie, is like, you decide what's right for you and your family and just own it and run with it. And so, yeah, this thing that we might implement might work out. It might not, but like you can be the parent to one to decide like what school you're going to send your kid to, how you're going to do life. And that's a really like beautiful thing. And for me that as a mom enrolling him in this new thing that I was kind of scared to do, like that gave me the peace that I needed to be like, yeah, like I can take him out and it's going to be okay if something doesn't happen. So 100%. Giving, yeah. And and I think that that like is like a, I wish that every single parent could have that because um, every single child that you have, at least maybe there's someone out there who would tell me that, no, my two kids are completely the same. <laughs> I've never heard that though, <laughs> but I yeah. have four children and they are night and day difference. I think like every other one has something in common, like my oldest and my, my third one, they have some similarities and my first, my, my youngest and my, my third, they have similarities, but they're definitely not in any way, shape or form the same same human, mm -hmm. even, even yeah. remotely. And so like, that's the crazy part about the parenting journey is that 
you you are growing, you're learning, but you're ever evolving. It's just like entrepreneurship because everything in entrepreneurship is constantly changing and you have to adapt. So like as parents, mm-hmm. we have to grow the skill to be adaptable, but confident in mm-hmm. what we see in our child and what we we feel in our spirit for each child. Because I tell you what, what Josiah Blake lived through as me, me and John parenting him was completely different for Jude and then Jocelyn and then now Journey. And they all talk about it. Sometimes they're like, well, what? You know, if that had been me, then you would have blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but she isn't you. And Mm -hmm. it's it's just completely different. And so I love that so much that you pulled that out and that you're you're owning that because it's it's so powerful and it's powerful because it protects your children from the, uh, the status quo of what it, it should have to look like just because you did it for one kid doesn't mean it has to look that way for the next kid. And then, uh, Steven, the, the digital, I, I call it the digital void and, and you, you hit on that perfectly. It's, you know, when we remove screens, um, you're so smart because that, that really does give a pathway. And especially when they're younger, I'm like, I, I always lean into grace when they're young, when they're so little, it's like, yeah, if you can distract them and that makes sense, then distract them with something rather than having to tell them, no, fine, that's good and all um, when they're really young like that. And and then, you know, setting it up, like you said, with something that's even funner so that Saturday, you know, actually rides with dad trumps getting to watch the icebergs fall into the water, right? And and then they look forward to that. And that also creates event event horizons with you and your child. And that's one of the biggest things um, <clears throat> that we can do as parents is create these opportunities with our kids where we break up the ordinary, right? And so having something different, um, y- you know, you could even have like a jar and, and, and Kaizen gets to like grab out of the jar and this is what I'm going to get to do with daddy today. And, you know, the fun jar or something like that. And those kind of things make the world of difference in, in their brains and also in how their memory processes. It actually literally can make their memory, their childhood memories, actually elongate because we're giving them event horizons. Because otherwise, if we are you know, just this is goes for us too. So everybody listening and and you guys and myself, I'm always reminding myself, it's like the more time you spend scrolling or watching a Netflix series or whatever, most of the time your brain doesn't actually process that as a full-on event. It's something that your brain will collapse time on and you'll be like, oh yeah, um, I did watch like four hours of that season. I don't remember exactly what happened. And it's just kind of like your brain checks out. It's like whenever you get up in the morning, you do your morning routine. You can't really remember the morning routine that much. Or you drive somewhere, you drive all the time and you can't really remember the drive because you just got lost in your thoughts. And so that memory time period is collapsed. Now, what could potentially happen? This is just a hypothesis of mine, but what could happen if we have a generation of children who are spending the majority of their time sitting in front of a screen? You know, what's going to happen to their memories? Is their childhood going to feel like it wasn't really there that much because I played a ton of video games when I was a kid. I was a Nintendo, Sega Genesis, like Sega CD, like all the all the old school games. And I, I played a ton of those video games. And I will tell you right now, I have no memories of actually playing the video games. Yeah. Hmm. No significant memories. My husband has a few, but it was only when he was playing video games with other people. Yeah. Times. And so I have like, an interesting experiment running on that, Stephanie, because like we so you know we take a ton of photos and videos on our phones and you know, do you have an iphone yes you know like they have like the memory or it's like i don't know what it's called if it's called memories but yeah. they have like a thing in the phones where you can like play little reels and it just like makes them for you i love it so yes. on the plane like sometimes like when i don't really want kai to like watch screens um but we're in a situation where it's just like okay you know totally I'll, he'll be like i'll be like do you want to watch some family memories and i just oh. lock the phone on that and he just watches through like videos of himself and us, these experiences we've been on and things like that. But I'm like, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see. Cause I, I remember like memories I have of being a kid from my family movies that I watched, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I remember it from the movies. I probably was too young to actually remember it, you know? Um, but it's interesting to think like, I'm kind of blurring the line between actual memories and like these like documented like mm-hmm. things on our phone, but he loves it. He'll just watch that. And he did that on the plane recently. We had a pretty long flight, two flights. 
And on the second flight, we just kind of ran out of stuff to do. So I was like, Hey, you want to watch family memories? And he just watched those for like 20 minutes, just Dang. like, you know, fun moments of him and his brother and things like that. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I think that's so smart because it really, truly could be giving them, um, you know, uh, you know, your minds, yeah. that visual there for, you know, what was my childhood? Like what happened? Um, gosh, mm. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like TikTok, but it's like all family <laughs> content, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be so interesting. I wonder how that's going to turn out. That's so cool. I think that's a phenomenal idea. So you guys have so many good things going on. Um, I, I love it so, so much. And I love that for Kaizen and Oliver, because you guys are going to be um, just parents that are present for them and and watching out for all of these crazy things that are happening and creating those event horizons and filling the digital void. It's all, it's all so good. You guys are doing such great work. And so I would love it if you would kind of tell me what it means to you. And if you guys would just take a second each uh, to let me know, you know, um, Stephen, what does it mean to you to, to be a good father? And then conversely, Chelsea, what does it mean to you? That's a good question. I mean, I think the father uh, is the most important voice um to speak identity into a child and so i think a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with as adults is i'm not enough you know that mom guilt it's like the root of that is i'm not enoughness you know and like having a really healthy father speak identity into you which i i had a great dad growing up and like he's awesome but i feel like even in discipline things like that he didn't always go to like there's a difference between calling someone out and calling someone up Ooh. And I have recently experienced this with, with a mentor, a spiritual mentor in my life. And I was like, whoa, like there's something different about that. Mm-hmm. And so instead of going to shame or guilt or um, you're not enoughness in discipline, mm-hmm. I'm actually calling out like gold in someone and bringing that up. That's identity. So instead of going, Kai, like you hit your, hit your brother, like that was bad. Like, you know, uh, hitting hurts people like, and that's like a shame. That's like pushing him down. It's like, Kaizen, I know that you're so gentle with your hands and like, um, you are, you're such a good brother. I've seen you do this, this, and this good things with your brother. And what, what just happened there wasn't your identity. That's not you, you know, that's calling someone up. And I think, uh, a father, um, or I think mothers as well. Like we can, that's like one of our biggest roles is speaking identity and doing it in a healthy way, right? And 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 doing it in a way that's not based in shame, based in guilt, based in any of these negative emotions, manipulation, like fear. A lot of people like they they speak in ways that are motivated in those. It's like, oh, I'm gonna use fear or this uh, to do it because that's how they were raised, right? Yep. And so that's one area that I feel like I'm leveling up uh, in currently, and uh, it's not perfect in, but I I've we've learned to do this with. Like not just our kids, but our team members mm, with our with our relationships. And I feel like I've learned it because I've seen it modeled really well um, from mentors in our life. And yeah, I just want to do that. Dang. Dang, that's powerful. Okay. What about you, Chelsea? This is such a good question. I'm gonna remember it for for other guests or just have it be like a compass as I like parent our boys. Um, I feel like as a mom, I just want to. I want to be like the safest person for our boys to come to with anything that they know that they can like that our home that what we've created is like the safest place for them to mess up, to screw up, to have questions, to have doubts. And that we would just be like that sounding board that above all else that we would stay like connected to um, each other as a family. And what I mean by connection is like that father identity that is speaking into, but also that I think one of the biggest things at looking at my own childhood, again, my parents like are amazing people that love me and provided for me. But I think knowing too, that I can like mess up and what healthy conflict looks like and be a family, be a, like a mom that says something and like, not only just, isn't just all talk, but actually takes action. So it's like, if we're going to be a family that believes in generosity, that I'm going to like take Kaizen along and be generous with him. And so that he would know that Steven and I are people of our word. Um, and 
yeah, that, that our home would just be this safe place where growth and exploration and questioning and conflict and all of that is they know that that is all welcome and accepted and that they're, that this is going to be like the safest place. And I think at a practical level, like I want to be the home that like all my kids' friends want to come to and be to because it's safe and it's awesome and it's fun. Um, I, yeah, I want to know that any dream that the boys have that we will like shepherd that and honor that and like champion them into, into whatever that is. And I think like ultimately too, like, uh, we love Jesus and I, I just want them to like experience God's goodness and fullness and love. And knowing that, like, I, I believe that there's like hope in the world that we can be hope dealers. And, um, yeah, so those are some of my like things that like stir up in me as that, as you ask that question. Oh, that's so good. You guys. Oh, I, I love so much the identity and then also just that safe space. And the cool part is just, you know, to, to come back to just faith and like, it, that's how we're, we're loved, right? Like that's mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, when God speaks to us, he doesn't bring on the shame. He brings mm-hmm. the truth yeah. and calls us yeah. up. Right. And same thing yeah. um, with God, as far as like, when we screw up, we have a safe place to come to. Right. And so it's like modeling that as parents is such a lofty, goal that I believe changes the world from our home outward. You know what I mean? Because we have so many kids who have broken homes and I believe we're in a battle right now mm-hmm. with screens. And, um, I, I feel like, you know, entrepreneurs are usually kind of the, you know, the abnormal ones. Uh, but there's just a lot of people out there who just are getting beaten up, beaten over the head and kids as well. Um, just because they, they don't know, what's happening. They don't, it's just Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you need, you're going to be at school and I got to connect with you so that whenever I pick you up, we can find each other. So here's a phone, um, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, then, okay, wait, I was supposed to put what on the phone. I I didn't realize that he was going to sneak the phone into the bed. I didn't realize it was going to be this power struggle. I didn't realize there was going to be this app that would expose them to this. I didn't realize, I didn't realize, I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people who, you know, younger and younger and younger, crazy, crazy things are happening. And so for you guys to be standing up and, and being so intentional, it is, that's why, you know, this podcast is called the powerful parenting journey. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's getting to highlight you know, people who are are standing up and, 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 and have the ability and the know-how and the the will to, to stand up powerfully, because I believe it impacts our whole world. And this generation Mm -hmm. needs kids who are going to be raised differently. Cause Mm -hmm. unfortunately there's a lot going on and we're going to need leaders who understand their identity. Right. And they understand how, what it means to come into a place and have safety. Like, that's some powerful mm-hmm. stuff you guys are building. It's so awesome. Um, so with that, I want to segue into some other powerful stuff that you guys are doing. And I want you guys, please, 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 I would love for you to share with everybody who's listening about your podcast, uh, the Rainmaker Family Podcast. Can you tell us about that? Um, yeah. If you are a podcast listener, which you are, um, check out our show. It's called the Rainmaker Family Show. We are in a year and a half in, I think wow. now. We're like over 100 episodes. Um, if you want to go deeper on that, like family meeting, if you think that'll really help you have freedom in your calendar, just by having a short 30 minute or less meeting, I know it sounds boring. I'm saying meeting, but hold on one second. What's your time? <laughs> oh, Tyson just came in. Yay. That's the best part about working from home. We got an open door policy. You can come on anytime. All We're right. on a podcast right now. Anything you want to say about parenting? Hi, Kaisen. That's the question can you take a nap down, buddy? Okay. I love you. You want to stay here? Yeah. Okay, we'll do our podcast thing. He's totally so, welcome. Um, <laughs> the podcast. Episode, I want to say it's 99 or episode 100. It's called like Level 10 Your Life. And we actually use a, a pretty popular business meeting structure with our family. And uh, oh, oh, don't touch those because that might, I think, we won't be able to hear us. I want to make sure they can hear us. Can you still hear us? Yes, you're still good. Okay. Okay, cool. Kaizen's favorite toy is the levelers here. They have to oh, move that's great. Hit all the buttons. <laughs> oh, I love um, it. I love it. So, so did I finish the thought on that? Sorry. 
Yeah, 99 or 100. And you're going to show and teach how to structure that meeting, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's called L10 Your Life. It's got the whole like structure we use for our family meetings. That's awesome. That's awesome. And also, too, I understand you guys wrote a children's book. Yes. That's right. Yes. It's called The Rainmaker. I'm showing it right here. It's got Kaizen and Ollie are the superstars in it. And you can find it on Amazon. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. You guys, you are. Are absolutely incredible. I appreciate you coming on and just sharing your life with us. Uh, and I just want to applaud you. I mean, I know I'm sure you guys have a beautiful support system, but you're doing great things as parents. And I just want to say I'm I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering you on. Thank you for setting an example. It's incredible. Uh, guys, go check out the Rainmaker Family Show podcast and grab the Rainmaker Children's Book. I, I'm going to go grab it myself. I had no idea they had a children's book until I got on. I was like, wait, what? Hold the phone. So this is so cool. We'll make sure to put uh, the links in the resources of our show notes. So you can check it out there if you'd like. And guys, just want to encourage you as we're kind of exiting out that um, no matter which golden nuggets, I mean, there's so many golden nuggets that were shared today from Chelsea and from Steven, uh, whichever one landed for you. I just want to encourage you that you are the parent for the job and it, you don't have to apply at all. The most important thing is that you're trying and that you're moving things forward and that you are being an intentional parent to the best of your ability with your current circumstances. And so thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the next show. Thanks for having us, Stephanie. This is awesome. Bye. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not gonna wanna miss a thing, I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids they deserve it. And you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.